0: Hey everybody, this is Fede Alvarez wishing all the listeners of the Perfect
1: Organist podcast a happy alien day.
0: When they first heard about this thing, it was crew expendable. The next time they sent in Marines, they were expendable too. What makes you think they're going to care about a bunch of lifers who found God at the ass end of space? You really think they're going to let you interfere with their plans for this thing? They think we're...
1: we're crud. And they don't give a fuck about one friend of yours that's... that's died. Not one. I ain't much for begging. Nobody ever gave me nothing. So I say, fuck that thing! Let's fight it! You're listening to Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga Podcast. Welcome to Perfect Organism,
0: the Alien Saga Podcast. I'm your host, Christian Motzka, and today we are doing a fandom spotlight on Alaric Hahn. Alaric, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Christian. Happy to be here. So there is a special reason that we would be having you on for today's show. Can you tell everyone what that
1: would be?
2: Well, I don't want to toot my own horn too much, but... I believe, and you might be able to find this on Xenopedia, that I was the first person to have an alien day celebration on the four twenty sixth date,
0: which makes you the founder,
2: the founder 2015 one (laughs) year before it went big, of course, there's a, there's a story behind it all. So that'll, we'll get into it. I'm sure.
0: Absolutely. So that makes this the seventh
2: alien day, you know, Uh, that's right. Going into seven. Yeah.
0: Excellent, excellent. So, why don't we start first with how you got into the alien fandom? Like how you first discovered the alien.
2: I came to it a little late. I am in my mid forties, so uh, I was just a wee lad of four when Alien came out. Uh, so I certainly didn't see it in the theater when I was four. Although I think four-year-olds now might be able to see it a little bit more than than I did at that age. Uh, so I came to it a little late. Um, I've always been a little bit of a horror fan and I certainly would sneak out to the living room and watch uh, TV horror movies or things that would be broadcast on TV on our little 13-inch black and white TV. Yes, I'm that old. And um, the first couple creature features that I remember as a very young kid of six, seven years old was The Intruder Within, which is an alien ripoff You can look it up. You can see the entire film on YouTube. It is terrible, but I do remember it giving me nightmares. And what it is is essentially an alien hybrid um, movie. Like every detail is stolen directly from alien, except it takes place on an oil rig. You know, you ever hear like, it's alien, but on an oil rig. Well, that's basically this type of movie. It's called the intruder within it's kind of alien based. It's, it's, Poorly lit. It's a TV movie, uh, but that movie really kind of captured my imagination. I was a big fan of another uh, creature feature called um, Alligator, which is another um, movie that, that was on heavy rotation on, on TV about a, an alligator that was flushed down the toilet and then in the sewer, it grew to be like this massive creature and then wreaked havoc in Los Angeles. Um, those two. And then there's another one about a mutant bear called Prophecy from 1979. That one hit, was in heavy rotation as well. It's a John Frankenheimer flick, and early Frankenheimer. And it's really not good. It's, it's like, you know, it has Native American, um, you know, burial ground type stuff in it. The, it's got a uh, toxic sludge that turns the bear into like a mutant and a lot of campers get killed. So it's got like, you know, it's just like they threw everything into a blender. Those are really like the core, you know, those kind of creature feature movies other than them and those like 1950s, you know, the thing from another world. Um, So when I was getting into like the 10, 11 range, that's when Aliens was coming out. Second film in the, in the, the quadrilogy that is now expanded even beyond that into prequel territory. So I saw that Aliens had been announced. I saw the trailer for Aliens. And my folks were big Alien fans. I don't know why they'd never shown it to me, but we're talking 1986 at this point. So I was 11 years old, and uh, they were airing Alien on TV in sort of preparation for the sequel coming out in theaters. And my folks were like, we won't take you to see the sequel until you see the original. So I watched most of the original sitting on the couch. I did go behind the couch a couple times. Um, Specifically, the very end when uh, uh, Big Chap gets into the, uh, starts climbing back in, you know, just before Ripley punches it and he gets vaporized. Um, I mean, I'm telling you, I was completely hooked from that moment on. Um, We went to see the movie. I think that weekend, uh, the sequel, Aliens, and Aliens remains. It's it's a top fiver for me, if not top two. Uh, It's maybe the most rewatchable movie of all time um back to the future is probably in that mix um I, I don't even have star wars on there like it's way up there uh i could probably quote it word for word i mean don't hold me to it christian but i could probably go straight through um th- the theatrical cut not the directors directors i'm a little a little foggy on the uh, uh on some of the dialogue uh and really have just been hooked ever since and it, it's the kind of thing that um look star wars is a heat i mean huge right and i like star trek like i like all kinds of genre stuff um there's something about that that particular universe that i think captured my imagination in a way where if you met someone else somewhere and they were also into it that was a unique bond Oh, you like Star Wars? Who cares? Everybody likes Star Wars. Oh, you like Star Trek? Nerd. You know what I mean, it's like all, everybody, everything was kind of like in its own little compartment, right? But that one, man, I remember when I was maybe 15 or six, maybe 16, and I was working as a bus boy at Chili's. Um, Chili's is a restaurant, and I, I don't know if it's anywhere else outside of America, but um, Chili's is a, just a standard fare restaurant. And um, there were a couple of people that worked there and they would quote to each other, walking back and forth in the pass out aliens and, and raising Arizona. Those two flicks, it was nonstop. I mean, it was son, you got a panty on your head or, or can we swear on this? Yes. Oh, we can swear. Okay. All right. Um, you know, it was like, son, you got a panty on your head or, you know, fucking a like, or, or whatever, you know, um, Hudson quote or you ever been mistaken for a man it was just like all that back and forth and you sort of felt that there was a real energy with that group those people that were like deeply entrenched in the aliens lore um, and it's not to say that you know if you had to if you had to make me choose and this is hard because this is like these are my children I didn't make them but I, I, I believe I have two children and it's like you know Son and daughter, and then like, she, I mean, wife is in there too, and then it's like Aliens is like right there. Um, it's really close. Uh, I have such an affection for for certainly the first and second films. Um, and it's hard for me to choose, but there's something about Aliens and its rewatchability that might give it the bump. Although watching Alien is very much like a cinematic experience and. There's something about the first time seeing that creature and when you see the making of that film they're sort of creating it all from the from the start and like they didn't know what they were what they had and they didn't know what geiger was going to walk in with and they and they were like oh let's spend all this money on this one set you know i, I did get a chance to to ask tom scared a question right and he, he was at WinterCon a couple of years ago i think i told you that so um, he's sitting there. I'm like so nervous, and I'm like, what am I going to ask? This guy is 80 something. He's been asked his same question. He doesn't care or remember what he was <laughs> doing in you know 1978. But I was like, maybe what can I say that's going to be of interest to him, and maybe he'll he'll it'll pique his interest. So I asked him. I said, When did you know, or did you know, at a certain point, you were like, you know what? This is this is special. There's something about this that isn't just like. The creature fe- creature feature which maybe they signed on just expect you know they, they said they read the script and they liked the script I and mean, they always say that but like you know they were in a horror movie right and ridley scott you know he hadn't done that much stuff and and you know geiger was a weirdo and and dan o'bannon had made you know dark stars weird and john carpenter was weird it's like how did they know that this is going to be something special they didn't so when was it when he thought you know what this is this is something Veronica Cartwright was there too. And she, she sort of echoed this too, but he said, when they walked on that set, that's the the derelict set, it was like, mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. This is big. And this is interesting. And this is exciting. And I've never seen anything like this. You know, it could have been an oil rig, you know, it could have been whatever, who cares, right? There was something really special about that moment. So there, that original film has that real, fire and that real excitement now aliens is not without its own amazing elements and you know cameron is a you know a lunatic and all the problems they have have you read the have you read the making of book
0: the rinsler book yeah
2: yeah it's i mean that that is a page turner you know it's like i put down every other book i was like obsessed with that book just cover to cover i would like stop my wife in the kitchen i was like so you know this and she's just like just you know just leave me alone um but like mm-hmm. there's so much meat there and then you, you know, you say that the first film they didn't know what they had they had a lot of i think enthusiasm and certainly cameron had a lot of ego going into that not to say ridley scott doesn't have ego but like you know he's this young punk out of you know, uh, you know goril- making gorilla movies. You know, not literal gorilla movies, but just like you know these Roger Corman flicks where you have like five bucks and you go make a movie. Um, Terminator, he did it just like total guerrilla style. You know, um, I think he just was like, "I'm going to crush this," and he never had any doubt that it was going to rule. The thing is, is everyone else, you know, was like, "I don't know about this." You know, it's just, he, it was just something like was was willed into existence. And then once they finally saw the finished product and like Fox saw the dailies, they were like, this is going to be amazing. You know, they're like freaking out about how, how epic it was. And it's also, I think alien could be released now and still be good. And I've seen it in the theater. I saw it in the theater on the 40th. And like, I thought it played like gangbusters and probably, you know, nine cents of the people in there had seen it before. So it's hard to really gauge how much people were really like, Holy shit about it. Um, but only one part doesn't quite play. You talk about a, a two hour movie with like a lot of suspense, a lot of plot, a lot of world building, and one that everyone has seen, or most of the people have seen, and only one part, can you, Christian, can you tell me what part doesn't quite work? It, it's literally three seconds, one, one part.
0: Ash's severed head
2: that know. well okay <laughs> that, you, know, no, you know what you know what it's two parts but that one doesn't get the same reaction it just kind of plays through and nobody really says it because it is kind of like this weird cut you're, you're totally right, right about that but that did not get the reaction it was the creature's initial like oh yep yep
0: it, uh, the run across the table almost
2: right yeah then it goes across. it has this kind of funny it looks a little bit funny it looks goofy um, and I think it's been a little bit softened because of spaceballs and and how it's been parodied, parodied so much. But that actually got a laugh. That was like yeah. everyone laughed. It was like the Tashi Station line from Star Wars, where everyone like howls with laughter. It was like, oh man, that doesn't quite work. Aliens. I don't. I mean, other than the fact that it's actually funny and there's a lot of comedy in it, I don't think anything doesn't play. Everything plays in that in that movie. Everything plays like Gangbusters. It's one of those where, you know, I think. Um, either Siskel or Eber. This was in the book as well, but I remember this from back in the day. Was like I don't like it, and I was like, Why didn't you like it? It's like it was, I was too tense. It's like yeah, but it's a freaking, <laughs> real ride. I mean, that's you're supposed to be t- tense. You're supposed to be freaking right. out. How is that a bad review? That's a great review. Oh, and I can goodness. sit. I can sit there and watch it and and be like, you know, tense all over again every time I watch it. Hmm. The Alien Three I saw it in the theater three times. Um, I don't know that. It holds up particularly well. Um, I know that the assembly cut has a lot of uh, defenders. Uh, where, do, where do you fall on, on, on three, the Fincher flick?
0: Um, well, for me, it's definitely the assembly cut. I think that the the, the That's footage, it does really help. Yeah. Uh, my feeling just of the trilogy is that Alien is the best cinematic achievement of the, of the series. Mm-hmm. Aliens is my favorite film of all time. There you go. Alien, Alien 3 has an emotional punch or an emotional connection that keeps me coming back. Even <laughs> despite the, the really bad matting of the rod puppet. And despite, uh, I have, I have some serious issues with certain aspects of the plot, but, um, I can't just discount it. It, it does satisfactorily complete Ripley's story for me. So,
2: yeah, I, I think I would agree. and And then would resurrection is this like do you believe that resurrection even exists at this point you call it a trilogy that's yeah there's a
0: hypersleep dream oh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there are some real defenders of that flick and, and the newborn in particular and it, it, it probably has it's probably the gruesomest of the four uh it's really graphic um you know the the experimentation on the ripley clones is particularly graphic and then the newborn's death scene is like the grossest death scene, I mean, top five of all, you know, in history. Yeah. It's so disgusting.
0: And, um, and sort of unearned. I don't I don't yeah. feel, you know, the, it's asking you for an emotional connection to something. And then when I don't have that, I then feel sort of manipulated by certain things they do with a little wiggly nose and the the eyes and then it calls her mama. It's just like, no, that's just.
2: Sigourney is doing so much work and so much heavy lifting to sort of draw you into that. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of like a another film that has somebody that was just working that hard, and if they were not in the movie, uh, it would just completely collapse under its own weight. Like she, she really was. I mean, you know, she's great, and she's pretty good in that movie. You know, I, you know she. Yeah. She, you know you some could say she's she was on a cash run and she made a bunch of money from it, but I think she really thought that it was a a good plot um you know I think she wanted to I thought three was like it because she wanted to die in three and she wanted to have a queen and all that stuff um and when she came back, I was like huh and then, and then I don't know that it was a a great choice and that would that's what maybe wanted that want that blunt camp flick because right. I felt like, oh well, they reopened the door and then it I feel like I've been cheated out of that satisfying end. As you said, the alien three gives you a little, you know, a real kind of like closure um, even though we kind of miss out on maybe what Newt might've had to offer or maybe what Hicks might've had to offer if they had survived uh, or died in a different way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then where do you stand on the, um, the prequels?
0: I have come to appreciate certain aspects of both of those. Oh, you're
2: you're walking, you are walking a (laughs) fine line. I can, I can, I can just taste the irony here.
0: You know, um, Prometheus is gorgeous in particular. And if you watch the four hour or whatever, you know, the, the making of the furious gods documentary and you see just how much uh, effort went into the sets and the costumes and the vehicles and but that all has to be in service of a story and the story that they had to tell needed at least three more drafts, as far as I can tell, mm-hmm. or they should have gone back to the John Spates original draft where it was LV 426. They were aliens. You know, there's a, this, I think that um, I think that really Scott was a little bit gun shy and just wanted someone to come in and file the serial numbers off everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's not really alien. So just instead of this, it's that, and it just doesn't quite work um
2: and but, then, Coven- then he gives you the creature at the i mean then he gives you essentially the proto xenomorph at the end and it's kind of like well if we as you said if we were going to like scratch out the serial numbers and say it, you know he gave the draft to linda Loth. and linda was like yeah i heard the interview with him where he said oh well i i opened up the script like page three there's like the geiger alien you know it's like right there and he was like already like why don't we go another direction and, and instead of like retooling it he just he just completely started from scratch and some of that is pretty interesting there's some good if you if you strip away that the fact that it's even an alien picture at all and you strip away the end um there's maybe something interesting there with the whole like oh we've been contacted from another planet and it, like that's kind of interesting with the engineers and stuff but it didn't have to be i was disappointed with the engineers and how they were revealed as being the space jockey, which I think space jockey was a great mystery. And I don't know that we needed that mystery answered. Uh, these are the problems with, with prequels, right? It's like, well, we know where this is going. Like, is this, is this something we wanted answered? You know, I thought it was more interesting, but like, we didn't really know what that was, but but we knew that the alien could kill it, you know, or, or it, you know, it had birthed whatever version had laid the eggs, perhaps like, we don't know. There's, I mean, everyone has like a million theories about that. Um, so I'm, I'm a little bit of a, apologist because i think as you said it looks great and it's actually pretty entertaining um and it's got some meat to it uh the the derelict space spacecraft like rolling on top of um, charlie's <laughs> is pretty thrilling and funny and um you know it's fine but but you know we're, i don't want to completely dump on covenant but covenant i kind of went in and was hoping that okay okay you've established this we're going this direction and then covenant was just I, I this is as an alien fan and the person who sat down and was like hmm, what would be a good day for alien fans to all circle the wagons and have a big like this is i'm I'm that guy but man for me they're a, a covenant i've seen once um and that i know i hate to say that and when i saw that 40th anniversary. um of Alien, they showed a clip that Ridley Scott like sort of pitched and it was the backburster scene. And dude, I was like, this is gonna be the greatest film of all time. I was like, all in. And I thought, okay, this is gonna be where they're going with this. I'm all in. And that scene is pretty great. But you know, the David stuff, he got so hung up on the, you know, the Android stuff. And and I guess if I had, we can talk about the Holly series later. I don't know if this podcast is already going to go four hours, so go ahead and get ready. (laughs) But like, you know, the Holly series is like, okay. If I had a concern about it, I would be concerned that it was going to focus completely on the company or completely on earth or just sort of like lose, you know, all right. It's it's just going to be about the, the alien universe. Um, why does it have to be in the alien universe like just make a sci-fi series he's already doing um raised by wolves which by the way the first season is amazing um and it's its own thing it doesn't it's not set in the alien universe like if the xenomorph popped out you know in season two i'd be like what you know so are we going to do the series that's going to be like that where it's like oh this is its own thing and then all of a sudden some creature's going to pop out or some other creature you know so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little whatever about that, but Covenant it was disappointing. And again, there's a lot of people that freaking love it, uh, and more power to them. Um, but as you said, I think those original two, um, are so great that they lift everything else up and, you know, you watch some of those other films and your mind kind of goes back to the way you felt those first two films and that elevates the rest of the material i think just because it's so strong and so epic and so wonderful and the characters are so richly developed um you know cameron isn't particularly known for you know character development you know he's he's great at sort of dropping you in and getting you like on board quick right terminator 2 terminator um i mean even titanic to some extent it's like okay here you are, this is where you're doing, and then he lays out the space for you for, for an hour. And he's like, okay, these are all the different rooms because you need to know every single detail in this room. He's great about like giving you a place and make doing it quickly because Hadley's Hope is like, we've never seen that before. We've never seen any of those things. Uh, and it's vacant and it's dark, but you pretty much know exactly where you are in that flick. Ridley Scott has a great feel for sort of like these long corridors, long hallways. They're like, okay, this is where they sleep. This is where they eat. This is where they store things, you know, like I just sort of like how that's all laid out and it's not, it's the, the world is also like dirt. It's still dirty. And it's still, you know, there's not a big shift where everything is super shiny. The military stuff is, is cleaner, but you know, it's still kind of a dirty future, which I think is, is pretty cool. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's my origin story. I could probably talk all day about it, but like the, the original two are just so seminal and formative for me. I've got a hundred alien shirts and, you know, I, my daughter was named Ripley for one. Oh, I'm sorry. My son was named Ripley for one day um, until it just didn't, didn't fit. Um, so we changed his name, but yeah, it was written on his birth certificate for one day. Um, you know, I'm like the number 17 biggest alien fan of all time. I can't be number. Uh, freaking uh, Luisa Stromo is number one. That guy's uh, <laughs> that guy's so insane.
0: Right. Did you know that Tandy Newton named her daughter
2: Ripley? I did not know that. So she's how she's we, on that recent? tier. I mean, how old? Sure. How, how old is her daughter? Is is that like within the past fifteen years, or is I she? Would, a... I would say so. Okay.
0: I, but I'm not positive. I just, I just heard this actually on a different it's podcast. A
2: killer, it's a killer name. I was even, because yeah. this is for my son, right? So I was like, Ripley's a killer name. Doesn't matter if it's a boy or a girl. And then I was like, his nickname could be Rip. You know, I was like, I was sitting there like <laughs> selling it. I was selling it to my wife. I was a badass name it was. Um, and she was on board. But I remember when he was crying and she was like comforting him and saying Ripley. I was like, man, that just doesn't work. He just doesn't seem like a Ripley. So uh, I guess it, it worked out for the best that he's not Ripley. So
0: going back through what you've said, I have to, I have to praise your parents for their due diligence of, we're going to take you to this movie in the theater, but first we're <laughs> going to show you this. Nobody else got that. You got the very special treatment for, for our age bracket. Everyone else was like, oh, we're going to go see Aliens or see it on TV or something. And then later you discover, oh, it was a sequel? Because weirdly, it does kind of work as a contained story. And when you sure. see the other, I'm like, oh, okay. Also, I would love to see someone put the um, the Roadrunner, you know, the, that spinning leg animation mm-hmm. on, that, on the face hugger when it, when, it, uh, when it goes across the table.
2: Oh, yeah, that's for, yeah, exactly. That, that, it needs something like that. Or maybe like a Yakety Sax soundtrack or something, <laughs> you know, just make, just make it a little goofy. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. I was lucky you know they they really did they're like well you you know they hadn't seen the second one so I don't know what they expected you know whether it would be like pick up right where it left off they saw the trailer um but you know they they'd seen the original they saw the original in the theater they got you know I I asked them about those the last time we were hanging out I said so you got a sitter for us in 1979 I went to see this movie like what was that like and they're they were just like you know, my, my parents saw 2001 in the theater, you know, when it was first released, so they're, right. they're of a certain age. But they, they were like, nobody's ever seen anything like it. Like people were so tense at the beginning, mm. just like going through the ship, that when the, the, um, let the text started going across uh, the, the screen, everybody jumped. And it was yeah. like, that's like three minutes into the movie and nothing happened. So you know that people were like ants for that kind of experience. Um, they didn't have anything like people were throwing up in the aisles. That's that sort of like urban legend, whether that even happened or not. I don't know. Right. Um, but they were electrified by it, you know, That and it was like, you know, there's, there was something about it that they knew was special. So I'm, I'm glad they showed me the original. And of course, the sequel was a, an all-timer for me, which I, maybe I've seen hundred, at least a hundred times. You know, I'm not embarrassed right. to say I probably watch it. Now, once or twice a year, but there was a period of time where, you know, it was just on the background for me. It was just, you know, I watched it all the time. I've owned the uh, Betamax version, yes, VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, and as soon as Cameron gets off his butt and makes a 4K, I will 100% get that too.
0: I had a friend with a Laserdisc player Mm dub down the special edition for me, so because it just wasn't available at that time. It was a window between too so i can remember getting that vhs tape at school and coming home and my best friend and i you know, we put it in the in the player ellen ellen ripley you know like the the, the revelations that uh, that we got from that extra 20 minutes or whatever
2: oh yeah it was i think a lot of that holds up pretty well i mean i'm kind of a kind of a theatrical cut guy i know there's a lot of people who say oh it's the it's the director or nothing um i, I kind of like just getting dropped into it um and I've seen it, and I like it. So I'm not. I don't. I'm not saying that you know it's it's bad that it exists. Um, and I like the. I know that that Sigourney really likes the the sort of mother stuff at the beginning, um, yeah. but her sort of uh, growth in that movie and where she isn't just automatically like mothering, right? And we don't know. We don't even know that she had a child, and it was not important. The fact that she takes on that role willingly in that kind of situation and like little by little by little goes, goes, grows more and more fond of this kid. When you see that she had lost a child, it's, you know, that's Cameron 101, right? It's like beating you over the head with a plot yeah. point. Uh, it was, I think it was smart cut it it was cut big for time like he would have rather kept it in and and sigourney was disappointed that it was cut i think she was kind of bummed out she really liked that scene um but i think that you know when you see newt you don't really have any idea how that's going to play out but when you find out that she lost the starts like oh okay i see where this is going and then yeah. it's you know i've said on twitter before and I, and I feel like everyone probably should believe this but it's got to be a top five mother's day movie of all time right (laughs) i mean you've got you know there's all these movies about mothers but like the ripley newt and alien queen this like this like triptych of of like girls that are fighting for survival and how the queen reacts to being threatened and how ripley reacts to being threatened and how ripley really is like i'm taking you out even though we had an agreement like there's a whole And 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 also that, like, the hero shot where Sigourney comes down the elevator and she ha- she's, like, strapped everything on her. The thing opens up and it's, like, the smoke and it looks so badass, right? The queen gets her own version of that when she gets to the platform where it's smoke and she comes out of the smoke. And it's like, oh, that's so... That's not... You're not getting punched in the face by a metaphor. Right. You're like, right. she's getting her moment, too. And she's, she's not going to just lay down right she's she's like you know you did you wronged me and you killed my children so i i sort of love how that's all kind of woven into that um it's pretty right i mean i don't have to tell you perfect perfect (laughs) organism podcast like this is um an alzheimer period
0: yeah i go back and forth about the you know ripley having lost amy or amanda um and that informing her maternal instinct or whatever, or ver- versus when you look at the, look at Alien, Ripley in Alien, no, there's no child there. She is completely focused on her career. And yeah. so to then be in this new situation and find this person. And again, I don't know that it's a maternal instinct so much as just a a human instinct of shit. There's a little girl here. I'm going to take care of her. And I'm, and I'm at, maybe I'm a little bit good at it, but it's not, it, yeah, it, as much as I love the the concept of Amanda Ripley, and I do like how that scene plays out, mm-hmm. um, in the end, I think it is a more interesting path for the character of Ripley if she's just being a good person and she calls bullshit on everything around her that that is not going right. So, you know, Gorman being a jerk and. and not being uh, empathic to this girl, she, she steps in, she brings the hot cocoa, you know, brain lock. Yeah. Right. Right in front of her too. Right in front of her. (laughs) So, so yeah, in a way it's better if it's this, this career oriented, you know, tough as nails lady then discovers that if nothing else, the thing that she has in common with Newt is they're both survivors. They have both gone through this thing that no one else has it's wonderful and so we did a a bit of a round table on here of um director's cut versus theatrical cut and i was the staunch supporter of the of the director's cut Mm -hmm. and there were some good arguments to to why it should be whittled down and in the end though i'm i'm obsessed with how hadley's hope looks before before it falls that the
2: crowd that was no. That was huge. The, the sort of lively, the big wheel with the way we on it. Yeah. Um, I just, I love that, that you're right. It's like, after, especially since we were so ingrained with the theatrical cut for so long um, until we got the theatrical or the, the directors, which I don't know how long, was, how long it was before I saw the um, um, directors. Do you remember how long that was before that came out? Well,
0: first they put a little bit of it on television,
2: I think it was ABC. Had
0: they cut out all the swears and they cut out a little mm-hmm. bit of the violence, but they added in definitely the the sentry guns. I'm not sure. Maybe that was definitely those. in there. I remember that first. Yeah. yeah, and and that was either ninety or ninety-one. Maybe no, no, eighty-nine or ninety. Because the 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 special edition, the director's cut, came out in nineteen ninety.
2: Um, okay. So so at the very least, it was four years, and I probably yeah. saw that like twenty times before that. So you're right. Like seeing that sort of clean. You know, this, this group of people that had no idea what was coming or what was going to happen. Um, I don't know why Newton Timmy's parents took them out with them on this, on this <laughs> excursion or, you know, this, whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I also really like that. And the century guns is a great, that's a great sequence too. And that you never really see, you really see anything, you know, it's just all in your head for the most part. And that sequence is just, it's great. Yeah. I mean, I would be on, I would be, if I was on that panel, I would probably be waffling back and forth so much that I wouldn't be useful at all.
0: In in the end, what we all agreed, though, the one scene that should have stayed is when Ripley steps out of the APC and hesitates before going into the colony, and Hicks notices it and says, mm. "Are you okay?" It it's ten seconds that yeah, and it and it speaks volumes about. She, she first of all was promised you'll be safe you won't be in harm's way whatever and, and right off the bat like yeah yeah we're just you know we're going we're going to take you right into the colony <laughs> that that scene should have been left in but anyway yeah uh, i like luckily, that too that's good luckily we have both there, it isn't mm-hmm. a george lucas kind of situation you can you can watch whatever you like and ignore the rest yeah um, i agree so so we've talked about the films do you have did you ever get into the expanded universe. Like the, 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 the first Dark Horse comics ran with Hicks and Newt being 10 years older and having, you know, some very tragic adventures. And it was, it was all in that period between Aliens and Alien 3 where things were a little more un, un, undet- undefined, I guess, but not your cup of tea.
2: Um, it, it's not that it isn't my cup of tea. I own all of them um and i just you know it's one of the things i haven't really gotten a chance to dive into um again like you know i've got a full plate and i find myself you know getting making of aliens books and reading them three times instead of going back and reading those dark dark horse books Uh, but i did know a little bit about it that as you said that it was something that i i needed to check out and so i you know i picked i've picked them up over the years, um, when I can and when I see them available, um, I've got like an omnibus and a few other issues so I want to check it out. Um, I know Cold Forge is one that I'm supposed to read uh, so that's that's definitely on my list. Um, you know i played isolation, uh, which I think is um, canon at this point um, and you know Amanda Ripley um, kind of hard to figure out how that fits in really with films but um, I think that's that was a great achievement, and I, I think that uh, the first game, you know, again, this isn't so much about the expanded universe, but uh, the first game, Alien, Alien, Aliens versus Predator game, um, hmm. where you could be the Predator, Colonial Marine, or Alien. I thought was really exceptional. Um, so, you know, I played I played Fireteam Elite, uh, and I've got some books I need to read, um, but I guess I you could probably call me more of a film guy um yeah so that's where i land but i do i do have uh, several into charbit is another word uh charybdis yep charybdis okay yeah, yeah so the cold fortune into uh, charybdis uh those are two that i need to check out for sure
0: yep alex white is is kind of a a gift to the alien universe uh they just get the the whole sense of the world building that's needed but then also when it comes down to the alien stuff, it gets, it's, it's brutal. Uh, there's some, some wonderfully dark material in there and cold forge in particular, uh, just surprised me. I, 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 I always read the books. That's just part of what I do. And some of them are great. Some of them are, are middling. And then this cold forge was like, Oh, this is a novel. This is an actual, you know, piece of text that's worth exploring. So yes. And a- alien isolation, um, I love it. I, I absolutely, you know, I, I feel like what they made in that game is just, has just enough plausible deniability of, okay, the whole place blows up and mm-hmm. she's kind of left adrift at the end that maybe you can kind of, she obviously gets rescued, but you don't have to have further adventures. Uh, right. Dark Horse, Dark Horse did give her further adventures that become more and more preposterous in a very comic booky kind of way. Mm-hmm. But uh, I definitely, I put, I put Alien Isolation and a couple other things with the original three films and say, okay, that's, that's my happy place. But even because I had read the Dark Horse comics before Alien 3 came out, I, I will always maintain a certain headspace where that is the continuation of that mm. film. Yeah. And so when the Blomkamp situation happened, I was like, oh, I, I'm perfectly fine with that. I've, I'm already juggling two versions of a sequel. Why not add a third? Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand why other people... Opposed that
1: we're going to take a break and be right back. We all remember that moment. The first time we heard a theme from our favorite movie, how it stayed with us, comforted us, stirring our imagination. Sublime Noise is our Patreon exclusive film score review show. Starting at just four dollars a month, you will gain access to Sublime Noise as well as our warehouse of frame rate episodes where we discuss and review our favorite films. To sign up, go to www.perfectorganism.com forward slash support.
0: Let's talk about the origin of Alien Day.
2: Great. All right. The reason we're here. Um, so I'll give you the, the basic gist. Uh, I'll tell you what I know, um, to, to borrow from Ripley's speech, uh, it, it sort of started where, you know, I keep going back to star Wars because star Wars is such a a, sort of a colossal IP that it, it, it draws a lot of water, right. Um, it draws a lot of attention and may the fourth, may the fourth be with you stuff was really kind of, kind of getting big, not to say it wasn't social media really pushed it over the top but like everybody was doing that like when it was May the 4th you know you couldn't uh, blink without seeing somebody posting about May the 4th or um, some meme about it or you know Vader you know of some Vader meme Uh, and it was fine and I was like whatever about it but like as somebody who was a diehard um, alien person and I knew that there was you know, I was on social media. I wasn't on Twitter at the time, but there was a lot of people that kind of, as I said earlier, that it kind of like is its own kind of person. And now that I'm on Twitter, it it's definitely a a niche fandom, right? This isn't Star Wars. It's not. It's not that big. Uh, it's big enough, and it can support a series, and it can support another film for sure. There's like big time fans. You and I all, are going to buy more than one ticket. You know, so we're we're in. Uh, but it's it's just not that big so i wondered if there was a place where we could get together online on a real specific day because if we spread it out over 365 days it kind of dilutes it and and i don't know if there's enough even even with my twitter handle now it's like i can't support three posts a day for the entire year like i post when i can But uh, And there's a lot of content out there. I'm not saying there isn't. And as you just called out, I haven't read the book. So there's certainly things that I still need to catch up with. And there's lots of more stuff for me to talk about. But like, I wonder if there's a time where we could focus our attention on a single day where all the alien fans could come out of the woodwork and we could all just blab for a day unapologetically. And maybe we could get somebody to pay attention to us for a minute. Um, Not to say that there wasn't merchandise there was some uh it certainly has draw and i know that you know i know people that you know i would never even have thought liked it i found out that they love it you know so there's certainly people out there but i thought maybe there was a way for us to all come together and i was just sitting there you know and and if you ask fox people they're going to say they had this you know eureka moment themselves but uh, my birthday is in April, and um, I was sort of thinking about my birthday party at the time, and I'm like, what, can, what day? And I was like, oh, well, it's obvious, because there's such a significant number that's associated with certainly the t- first two films, um, 426, LV-426. Um, I, w- I tried to get my license plate LV-426 like years and years ago. I couldn't get it um so some there's some other nerd out there that has that so uh i was like oh well for april 26th why not it's a week after my birthday and i could like really figure out what to do with it and maybe we can do a screening and this was 2015 like early 2015 and i had a friend who was a graphic designer and i was like oh let's have a party we're gonna we're gonna um go to a bar and I'm going to see if they'll let me screen the film, and we'll do trivia, and we'll do a whole thing, and it's going to be great, and I'll put it out on social media. At that time, like Luis um, and I sort of followed each other, and he had a massive following. Uh, This was before he lost his Instagram the first time. When I think he had like 50,000 followers. It's crazy. Again, this is all alien people, you know? So Yeah, there's a real following. So he had a big following, and then um, NECA did not have a – official account yet like a blue check type account but they had kind of a um, a smaller account and so i had my friend make this um aliens day that's the original because you know we had the uh anniversary coming up 30th anniversary coming up in 2016 and so i was like well let's do aliens day that's my favorite so um he had had a little ego about it so i thought let's let's do it 426 we've got we got Aliens. Um, we had a great piece of art. I shared it with Luis. I shared it with NECA. And then they both shared it. And we're like, what do you think, guys? Should we have like a day where we all come together? And it, I thought it really picked up a lot of steam for that first year. I started a Twitter handle, um, which is Alien Day 426. Uh, it was Aliens Day, so I'm not going to. It had the S on it for the yeah. first time. The dollar sign was on there first. <laughs> um, so I thought, you know, let's. Let's do it right. And so the first the first um, meeting was uh, at a bar called Longbow in Brooklyn, and a bunch of people came. Um, I really just promoted it on like social media, and I I started a Facebook page, and we probably got you know it was modest. I'm not gonna say it was huge. We got like 35 people maybe, uh, and considering you know I had no pull and I'm I'm just a regular person. Um, I certainly didn't have the backing of Fox. Uh, but other people around the world kind of got into it and I remember seeing people post about it and and people were having fun with it and posting things and even that first year I feel like there was like a sense that something got released that day or someone decided to announce something that day and I thought oh that's pretty cool. Um, so it came and went we had a great trivia. Um, the bartender there didn't even know we were going to be there and this is the the world of Alien but Um, we were doing the, um, the, uh, the trivia and he was like following along was like all in and we had this kind of group in the back and I could see him, you know, kind of like listening and laughing and smiling. And so, um, I said, I said, all right, to the bartender. And I said, all right, here's a question for you. I said whatever Vasquez's last words in the film Aliens and he was like you always were an asshole Gorman he yelled at everybody went like crazy it was, it was great um, so that's really the, the genesis of it um, I can't say more than it, was, it happened to be convenient to my birthday um, the number has been swimming around in my head so much that I see it on every time it's 426 in the afternoon I freaking see that number I know it's all in my head but like I wake up at 426 in the morning all the time, just like open my eyes and look over at the clock. It's like one of those numbers, It's like just boring a hole in my head. So 2015 comes and goes, we had a great turnout. It was a lot of fun. And I'm like, we're definitely doing this next year. So I sort of started planning for the next year. We updated the, uh, the logo and sure enough, you know, the rest um, Fox kind of, Took it and ran with it and really made it big and really made it something. And, you know, I don't have ownership over it. So I'm not, you know, disappointed in it. Would I love if Fox, like, said, Hey, Alaric Khan in Brooklyn, New York did the first one. It, it's great to be on Xenopedia. That's great. And I'm so happy that uh, I was able to kind of prove it. Um, <laughs> Dark, Dark Horse did have an alien day, um, but it wasn't on 426. And this was like years and years and years ago. Um, I think it was just a release of a comic. Um, but that 426 date, I, have, I feel like I have a little bit of ownership over. and uh, But it's their IP. And they saw an opportunity and they ran with it. And I'm stoked because those few years, it was hot. We got so much interesting stuff. We got the stompers, we got the, uh, the killer new merch, we got clothes. Even last year, we got like designer. Um, I mean, way too expensive for my blood, but like designer sunglasses, a designer sneakers and um i was like this is amazing and so every time i see people posting about it every every time i see that hashtag um during 426 i get a you know my heart grows three sizes like the grinch and um i just get tickled that there is a place for us all to show up together and kind of uh nerd out about the um about the world of alien and and um O'Bannon and Geiger and Cameron and you know, freaking Lance Henriksen was like Paul Reiser was like, I didn't even know there was Alien Day. Happy Alien Day. And I was like, Paul Reiser. <laughs>
1: it
2: was like freaking out. Um, so like it's just been a real treat. And um I'm so lucky that uh I I happen to um have uh Luis in, in my in my corner way back when and then he really pushed it out and a lot of people got excited about it he says that fox followed him when we started when we were doing that that first year uh so eh, you know but they were interviewed and uh they said it was all them so uh, <laughs> yeah look it's not mine it's not my property I know you didn't mention, I know you mentioned Disney. We talked offline beforehand and you were like, don't mention, look, what do you think about how Disney's been dealing with it? Um, And I don't want to bring down the podcast and I think you were right not to dwell on it, but I think it's probably worth mentioning. Um, I don't know that they really know what to do with it, Um, not just the day itself, but the property. Um, And we can kind of finish up when we get to it talking about the series and the film, but um, I just wonder if there is a place there where you know 20th century is like you know they're struggling because they're not really releasing that many films or if any films, um you know they're so focused on their big ip that alien is just you know is it something that they can promote is it something they think has enough draw you and i would say yes but i don't know that they feel that way um but look there's there's merchandise to be sold there just is and disney isn't they're not idiots uh and they're selling merch you know you can go to walmart and i i like that I, I don't have it in, i have i have like the, almost the whole set but unfortunately i don't have a set in, in here but they did a whole you know the run of those like kids style aliens toys did you see those? oh yeah the lennard yeah, i think it's the I company free, yeah i freaking love it was so like goofy and it was like some of it was awesome and it was like all kind of mismatched and um you know the queen was killer and like 20 bucks you know the next stuff is expensive those the hot toy stuff is expensive do i want that thousand dollar alien queen yes i do but like incredibly expensive you know there's a reason why you can get this you know it's like this thing is amazing you know it's like i I'm ho- I'm holding up a big chap, like a <laughs> just like see-through big chap. You know, this isn't for the a podcast audience. Yeah, the <laughs> prototype for um, the big chap, and it's like a killer-looking toy, and they wouldn't these wouldn't be stocked. Nobody would make these if they weren't getting picked up. So there's there's definitely a market for it. Um, and Alien Alien Day is the perfect day to just push that stuff out. So um, you know if Disney was listening to us. Uh, I would just say, hey man, it doesn't have to be huge. It can just be big or good. Um, right. You don't have to do a, you know, you don't have to do five hundred thousand of something. You can do five thousand. You can do one thousand, and that stuff's going to get snapped up. You know, look at how much mm-hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles stuff they're making. Not Disney, but look how much is getting made. And yeah, that stuff, you yeah. cannot get your hands on it. It's like, I know that's a big property. I know a lot of people like the turtles. But, like, there's also hardcore collectors out there that really like that stuff. And, listen, release the bug stompers to the public and just have it available all the time.
1: Yeah. Reebok
2: could make zillions of dollars on that. Everybody wants one of those, those shoots. I want some of those. I'll pay, I'll pay what was it, 600 bucks? Too much right oh yeah yeah <laughs> they were they were way too much but i paid I, mean, I paid 300 bucks for it i mean it'd be my special thing for like a year but like if they made that and it was available i would 100 percent buy it so you know if disney if you're listening i think that it, it doesn't have to be huge first of all
0: i was a um an admin on a facebook group around 2015 the, the whaling tiny bulletin so I remember but when you were talking, it, it, it brought up this memory. I remember the talk of aliens day, aliens day, and then all of a sudden it was alien day, and it felt a lot more corporate. So that makes mm-hmm. sense to me. Now LV four two six, those that's only said in aliens in the first film. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a nameless moon. So Archeron. you know, I was a I was a nerd. It's like well, okay, this should be aliens day if you're going to say LV four two six because that's the film it comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just the the power of the hashtag, isn't it fascinating? People, like you were saying, all over the world could be doing something. And if they just put that hashtag in, then you'd find out about it. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's one of, the, one of the ways that social media is actually kind of interesting, kind of a, a, it brings people together from all over the place. So it's kind of fun to go back and look through previous years, see what people were up to and how they were, how they were expressing themselves on that day. So that's all really cool as far as disney if if Disney had been in charge, I don't think we would have even gotten the prequels. I think that they are much more focused on how they feel they're going to get a a uh, a return of their investment. We've had this period now of a, a year a year and a half where Disney isn't saying anything there's just you know the there had been a um, on social media there had been an alien sort of um, voice or channel or something and it's just dead it just hasn't nothing's been updated on Facebook or Twitter or whatever they're just not doing Mm -hmm. it and yet between uh the Fede Alvarez movie and the Noah Hawley series in a single year we may get more hours of alien content than the last 40 years have given us Mm -hmm. depending on how long the series is and how long each episode is we could we could literally double the the overall amount of of alien content and so Given that those two creators are very interesting choices, mm-hmm. I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of Noah Holly's Fargo. I'm only uh, three seasons in, but there's there's genius there. There's a definite, and I and I've I'm making my way through Legion as well. It's a it's a harder show for me, but I can still see just the creativity and the the willingness to to think outside
2: the box. Big ideas. Um, big. He's got big ideas. And yeah. you know, the the universe has room for that. It has room for that, that that those big ideas. So hopefully he really runs with it and he brings in a team of writers and and they can really like give us something interesting.
0: What we need an end to right now though is just the, the they haven't even started filming and he keeps talking about what the show represents. Oh god,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, <just> shut up. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't wanna first of all I don't wanna know. Like I give you know, yeah. no spoilers, like just don't tell me. Uh, but also like it, it almost seems like he's He's still working it out. So, you know, some people latch on to stuff when you say it and then they'll be disappointed when they see it. And it's like, oh, but you said it was going to have X, Y, or Z. And of course, that was, they hadn't even had a writer's room yet, you know? Exactly. But, you know, he went in and pitched uh, and somebody was excited about what he had in the back, you know, bouncing around in his head. So uh, I hope that it's exciting. And, and Fargo and Legion are, are two really interesting shows. So if they give him a budget, um halo is an example of something that could rule and i feel like they shorted the budget a little bit and they did Mm. some things that i think were i I, i'm not i haven't really watched much of it but i know that that's a property that was just tailor-made for a series and then you know i feel like paramount didn't quite give it the money and the talent that it needed so Mm. they're off to a good start and it does again it doesn't have to be a 150 million dollar series to be interesting. Have you watched The Expanse? Is that something you've checked out? The Expanse is—I've watched the most of the first season. It's—it's it's yeah. something I just—it's not that I don't like it. It's just I haven't—I've fallen behind. Yeah, and you know you know how that can be these days. Where it's like, oh my god, and now I'm so far behind that <laughs> it'll be—it's like a full out binge for me to catch up. So uh, it is on my list. Uh, my uncle in particular is like a huge Expanse fan. He's read like the entire series, and uh, he's—he was. Clamoring like, clamoring for that last season that that was you know, the Amazon series. So he's you know, he's been pushing me every time he says, "Have you watched it yet?" You know, I'm like yeah, it's in my queue, brother. I'll get it. Okay.
0: There's a the used future aesthetic that makes mm. the the first two Alien films in particular so wonderful carries over into the Expanse where every single uniform. A lot of them will have old patches or, or worn and faded uh, company logos mm-hmm. that are, you know, grease stained and whatever, and you can just kind of barely make them out. And there's that—that's—that's that's the future that I want from an alien property, and that's what mm-hmm. we did not get in the prequels. The prequels had this weird obsession with either it's completely clean in Prometheus or mm-hmm. it's brand new in Covenant, and in both right. cases, nope, nope. <laughs> Give me the this is 10 years further into the future, you know, and this is a routine run that goes awry. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's just, and that's one thing with Noah Hawley with it's near future and it's on earth. Like, okay, can it still be filthy? Can it still be worn? And, and that's the, the, the Fede Alvarez movie. We don't know anything about it yet, but Mm -hmm. I'm holding out hope that we'll have at least a, a small return to Further into the future, and and based on on the two films that he's made so far, dirty. I, I you know I want
2: something that has some grime to it. He does yeah, grime. Evil Dead and and Don't Breathe are both you know I think the aesthetic could work um, and be interesting. Um, the Earth stuff does worry me a little bit. There's something about the alien, and I know that we have this AVP kind of side thing, you know, and, and a lot of people will put predator like right alongside the alien and i'm sorry the predator is a lot of fun but it is not even in the same i mean not even the same league as the xenomorph for the big chap or the geiger alien that is like head and shoulders number one monster of all time um and number one alien and number one monster of all time but um you know there is something about the alien and and how they integrated it in with the Predators. And I think the one thing that kind of worked for me, and I don't have a real high recollection of everything that happens in those movies, but the alien is is still ultimately undefeated, right? The only way to really destroy the alien is to just blow everything up, right? There's there's really no way to win. You are going to lose, the Predators lose, right? The Predators lose in that first one. I think they lose in the second one. they, you know, the we blow up a ship in the first movie. We blow up, a, you know, a moon, a base in the second film. Um, As the third, they, the third, they have a, it's a hot mess on that planet. Um, they crash a ship. <laughs> it's like, there's really no way to beat the alien. And so when you're, if you're going to make it about, uh or the creature, I worry about it being on earth because it is something that, Oh, if you bring the thing to earth, it's just going to take over and win or you have to blow up something big. And if, and that's kind of tired, um, I wonder how they can play with that. Um, in, in the series, the film is a, is a tighter kind of thing and you could do it on a, you know, there's any number of ways they do that, but I worry about that sort of long form if they're going to go the route of the creature. And if it's so, you know, tied to being on earth, um, so something kind of makes me nervous about the idea of an, a xenomorph or you know especially a bunch of them
0: but also especially because it's a prequel it, it takes and place it's a prequel or alien so we're in this weird
2: but but why is it why is it an alien series then like i don't know like yeah. is it going is there going to be creature um and it's also muddy in what david's doing and you know, what that xenomorph looked like and the and the neomorph and all these different things, like creating all these different ones. And I don't know. And how far before Alien is Covenant?
0: Covenant is 20 years before Alien, I think.
2: And, 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 then, the,
0: and then this series is somewhere in the 10 years, but possibly it's either the, concurrent with Prometheus or in that gap before Covenant. So... Okay. There's some wiggle you know, room there. There's some wiggle room, especially, because it would be very, very strange for a series produced by Ridley Scott to come right out and retcon his most recent film and say, no, 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 David didn't make The Alien. As much as I'd like that to be true, I'd, I, yeah. I'd like to retcon too, that. Too late, I know. Uh, I So, but I, I just, I can't see Noah Hawley bothering with connecting those dots to get something from David brought to Earth. I don't, it just feels like, he, he's got big ideas. He's He mm-hmm. wants to play around more. You said it earlier, though, when when you're talking about a prequel, we already know where things end up. It, it's mm-hmm. a reduction of the stakes. Prometheus, for me, if it had been set after Alien 3, would have been fantastic. Then, you know, and there's no reason not to. The technology is more advanced. All of that could have been further sequels in, in that timeline. By putting mm-hmm. it, by bringing it back, you just, you're already introducing the idea that everything that happens either becomes hidden or lost or something has to happen so that our characters in the, in the original film, don't know about it. Mm -hmm. And the Cardinal sin for me in a prequel is when you, you take something from the original film and tell us, no, 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 they didn't understand it. Or you have to, you have to now see it differently. Don't believe your eyes, believe what we're telling you now. And that's my whole Mm -hmm. problem with the, with the engineers. Oh, it's a spacesuit. No, No, the the original film told us it's a skeleton, and that's that's what I'm seeing, and it's gigantic. So Mm -hmm. it had ribs. It has an
2: explode. I mean, it's like it's all right there, blood, and you know, it's like I don't know. Yeah, I mean, listen, we this is a whole different (laughs) podcast to talk about. I mean, and I know you 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 know dove deep in the past on this, but you know, you're you're hitting all those points that are so. Impression about how this universe needs like an architect. You know, it needs somebody that Ridley really Scott is. You know, he, who knows what's going on with Ridley Scott. I look what you cannot take away what he has done, and he's done mm-hmm. some great stuff. Um, but you just wonder if hopefully we can wrench it out of his hands and really give it to a, a modern visionary that kind of go a different direction uh, and make something interesting that is still true to the, the property and true to what was created. He, he didn't particularly like Aliens, you know? So look, bro, that's great. <laughs> Sorry, <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> but it's awesome. I mean, I understand that, you know, they're kind of cannon fodder in a way, which I know he didn't like, um, but different film, you know? It's great that they didn't remake the same one. You know, it's got, it's got similar beats, you know? It has that mm-hmm. same kind of structure. About like what happens, especially towards the the second half of the film. Um, but you know, you wonder if he's going to keep like kind of meddling, and he's a producer, and he's going to have a right. finger in the pie, and he's going to get to read the scripts in advance and stuff. I just I'm a little worried about that. And and that's me. I, I love Ridley Scott, and I, I even like you know what he's doing with Raised by Wolves. You know, so he's still got chops. You know, he can still do interesting things. Um, but I wonder if it's like just. Let this one go, man. Like let somebody run with it. Um, like look what Denis Villeneuve did with Blade Runner twenty forty nine and how great that was. Um, I mean in my opinion, it was great. Um, so you know, give it to somebody else. Let him run with it. He
0: did give it to Denis
2: and then he critiqued it after the fact. But I mean, I know, I know. <laughs> it I know. Still stands. But you but know. At least he get yeah, at least the first part is true. Yeah. He's such a he's such a shit talker. You know, it's like you oh, get him out on he loves to talk shit. He does. He does. He almost can't help
0: himself. You give him a mic. He like, cannot oh, help himself. You know, he's going to tell you that the alien is cooked. And <laughs> and, <laughs> and that even though he's producing the show, it won't be as good as what he made. You know, it's just, he's a funny guy. Yeah, he is. He is. So we are looking, though. I mean, this is, here we are. It's 2022, and we're going to have new alien content from, from new creators. Um, we're seeing a weird filtering in of like there's there's new uh, Fireteam Elite content. There's new mm-hmm. there's three new uh, books coming out from Titan. The Marvel series is still going. the The state of the of the Alien I hate to use the word franchise, but the the state of what Alien is is actually in, in an amazing place right now. And mm-hmm. even if if Disney or Twentieth Century Fox isn't going to throw their weight behind an Alien Day, fans are continuing to do this the the thing that you started is still continuing to happen uh we're putting out a new audio drama on on the day this is actually coming out on on alien day so today we're releasing a new audio drama there's all kinds of neat things that are happening so i think that uh, speaking for myself there came a point where alien day had actually become a little commercial it felt a little Mm -hmm. crass uh Oh, another Mondo poster, another form of bug stompers, you know, whatever. Right. Because I couldn't af- I couldn't afford them, I guess is probably where that comes from. <laughs> if but, you had a pair, you'd be stoked. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. So I'm actually kind of excited to see a leveling out of that. Of I would yes, I want the the anyone that owns is a licensee of the IP to use this as a platform to, to tell us what's coming out or to release mm-hmm. something that's exclusive. But as you said, If it's a way for for all the Alien fans to kind of come together on this one day, nerd out a little bit, watch the movies, do some trivia, whatever, I think that's wonderful. And I think that's going to continue to go.
2: I think the fans have taken it back, as you said, um, judging by what happened last year, which I don't think there was anything, you know, nothing, quote, big that was announced last year. But. Uh, it was just as lively as ever, um, lots of chatting, lots of posts. Um, I even saw some images that i would never seen before posted. It's like, Oh my God, who, where did they find that? It's amazing. And, um, people doing their own art. Um, you know, I started making this cardboard head that I, I don't know if you've seen it, but I was working on this cardboard head. Um, I need to do something this year though. It's, it's, it's now that it's a couple of weeks away, I think I, I might've, uh, or it's today if you're listening to it, but, um, I don't know if I'm going to, I'm going to pull it off, but, um, you know, it was, it was kind of like a lot of crafters doing interesting things with some, um, cosplayers doing some things. So, um, I do think it has been reclaimed. I don't know that it was ever taken away, but, um, I think there was a lot of, uh, there's a lot of reason to, to feel good about where it's headed as, as sort of like a way for fans to come together and be not so much about, um, commercial elements
0: yeah that's exactly it we don't have to be passive consumers we can just talk about why we like the films and Mm -hmm. and i hope that on some level 20th century and disney are paying attention to the fact that yeah we're we're not we're not as large as the star wars community sure but we're passionate and Mm -hmm. if you look at, at years past we a lot of alien fan money has gone you know into their coffers so now, did you finish that alien head? I was looking at the photos again today, but the cardboard alien head, and I just wanted to know, did you? It's, it's almost
2: done. It's almost <laughs> done. So um, maybe I'll do some updates because um, I've got a couple additional things to fix. I have some priming and I'm going to paint it. I was kind of debating and, and give me your, because I haven't started painting yet, but I have it all laid out and ready to do this. This is kind of like what I was going to do for the day. Should I paint it? Does it look cool as being made out of cardboard that you know it's made out of cardboard and it looks like cardboard or should i go ahead and prime it and gloss it up and make it i I got a bunch of it's it's going to be primed and it's going to be gloss black with silver teeth
0: as it currently stands it looks a lot like that prototype alien you were just holding that Mm, yeah it does off white No, but Mm -hmm. oh it would look very very cool if it was all you know the shiny dome and the silver teeth
2: so So yes, do both. Okay, all right, good. I'll just make a second one. I'll make a second one. Yeah, it was it was a real treat to to make that, and it was a lot of fun. And um, you know, my kids, uh, you know, sort of as we as we close this out, it's been interesting. I showed my daughter for the first time Aliens. I did not show her Aliens, so I did I did the bad parent move. I thought Alien was a little too scary, Um, and it is. I think it's too scary for her. Um, But Aliens is just enough of a thrill ride that um, I think she could kind of get through it and she thought it ruled. You know, she's, she's 10 and uh, about the same age I was when I saw the first two movies. And um, she was into it. If there is something about growing up in a house like mine that is it, like literally, Christian, filled with this stuff. It's, there's, there's, <laughs> these guys are everywhere. They're on my shirt. She has a shirt with one on it. I've got a zillion of these laying around. And then I was, you know, making that big head and they're just like, they're just not scared of it, right? It's not scary to them. It's just sort of an an amusement or a fascination. Um, So when she saw the film, you know, and got to see aliens and sort of experience it, it was great to kind of watch her see that thing that has been such a part of her life in a weird way, just in the background, everywhere, you know, everywhere she goes, there's one laying around. I have like the big face hugger and she used to like just walk around like drag it by the tail <laughs> around the house is like a, like a baby you know just no there's really very little artifice as far as like how it was a big scary monster to her so seeing them in action and seeing them on the screen and really given life um was great to see her kind of experience and so she was like all in you know um so it was pretty i was pretty stoked you know you never know how they're going to react and you know our favorite things we want them to love too and that's been one of few because she likes Melbrooks is something she loves Melbrooks. so that thumbs up on that <laughs> um but you know this is this is one that's like really on the pinnacle for me and so if she had kind of looked at me and shrugged her shoulders i'd have been like no are you even mine get out of my house <laughs> you know so i was very happy to um, experience that with her. And maybe this year, Alien, v- Alien Day, I'll show her the original. We'll see. Yeah, I
0: waited till 10 with, with both of my kids and made a big deal of it. I, I took Cadbury cream eggs and, and put them oh. on the cross sign on top. So they had Art. little eggs. Yeah, that Oh, that's um, good. I feel like, though, Aliens and Ghostbusters both weirdly are, I mean, this is Weaver connection, but more than that, mm-hmm. the working class people who are scared and they still, despite their fear, they overcome it. And, and one is obviously more of a comedy than the other. But I think for for young kids, it's a really instructional, inspirational thing to see the grown-ups aren't fearless. They just, they, they continue to do the right thing despite the fear. And, mm-hmm. and it's a fear of the unknown. So, uh, yeah, I, I waited on Alien for my youngest as well. It, there's just... Right, right. as you said, from when your parents saw it, that prowling camera going through the Nostromo, there's just something predatory from the get-go with that movie. And mm-hmm. it, it's just a more adult film. So I'm
2: going to wait a little longer on that. It is. You know, there's conversations about, you know, pay in it. You know, it's like, kind of, <laughs> and, and, and not short ones. Like, they're longer than you think they are. Um, and, and there's something about that Dallas scene where he's sort of like little by little not getting away, kind of sense that he's doomed. And Veronica Cartwright's performance, where she's just really starting to panic, um, and it's—it's like I could just see her like crawling out of her skin and you know hiding behind the couch for that scene because it's really pretty intense. Some of that stuff. And Aliens has plenty of intense stuff, but there's something about that which is like—he's the main character. You know, that, you, that at that moment he is the main character. You think this movie is about him. That's what's so brilliant about that movie. It's like, this is the main guy. There's no aliens. There's nothing in that movie that doesn't tell you that Ellen Ripley is (laughs) first on the call sheet. You know, she got the million bucks. They made it because she was in it. They wouldn't have made it without her, probably. So it's like that there's something about that. Like, oh, Dallas, he's in charge. He's the boss, blah, blah, blah. And Ripley is involved, but it's side character. And so in that moment, you're kind of like that panic, that sort of Veronica Cartwright is like us. We're sort of like, wait a minute. Wait, 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 now He's going to get out of this, right? Because, oh, no. And then what's going to happen now? And that sort of like sudden quietness after that moment, it's hard for, like hard for a kid to kind of wrap their head around that because, yeah. you know, it's, it's intense.
0: Whenever we watch something, my 10-year-old is like, he's going to be okay. He's going to be okay. He's going to be okay. So I'm like, okay, we're not ready for Alien. <laughs> <laughs> But they know Pretty that much. Brett. Brett is my favorite character from the entire series. I just, oh, wow. I just love him, and so they're curious. Now, my my oldest, he's fourteen, so he's seen Alien, and I, I don't think he understands. You know what, what's the big deal? This guy says right all the time, but uh, when 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 the younger one is ready, that's what we're gonna do, and, and he'll learn a little bit about his dad. Like <laughs> why Brett matters so much. <laughs> I don't know. Oh man, Harry Dean Stanton! What a what a treasure that guy was. His his yeah. cameo in the Avengers was so funny. <laughs> Are you an alien? Oh um, my! Mike...
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. So, can you tell folks where they can find you?
2: Uh, yes, yeah. um, you can find me at um, at Alien Day four two six, formerly Alien. I cut the S for saving. Um, so, Alien Day four two six on Twitter. Um, I'm on Instagram um, at Ralph Lowren. Sounds like Ralph Ralph Lauren, but it's Ralph Lowren with an underscore. Pretty easy to find if you're looking for me. Uh, but Twitter is my main my main jam. I do run the Alien Day 426 page on Facebook, which I don't really keep up with, which I probably should keep up with a little bit more. I feel like Whaling yutani um, group is sort of taking, you know, doing everything that I would do anyway. So um i sort of let them do that but i'm gonna be all over twitter today when you're listening to this so please mm-hmm. uh give me a shout out and say hi and um give me your favorite quote from the series yeah there's so many kind of classic lines um i kind of like uh outstanding now i use a deck of cards i sort of like that i kind of dropping that one on there it's not a it's not an upfront one i think express elevator to- to hell going down is one of my favorite i mean almost every hudson line is a is a classic uh oh uh, i i like um see i'll never be able to narrow it down i've already told you, like five <laughs> um i like um you always say that for us you always say i got a bad feeling about this tribe like, well when we get home without you I'll tell you call folks <laughs> i love that and,
0: and that's that's the only line of dialogue from crow from the whole film. You know, he's he's the he's a stuntman that was hired. He's to you know to, to do his own death scene, but he has this one off-camera piece of dialogue, which is iconic. Sound, it's iconic. I, I know, and, then, and and it's that it's that terrible foreshadowing of like, you guys, you're not going to make it out of this. <laughs> you're not making it out of this.
2: It's not going to go well.
0: I guess yeah. you don't like the cornbread. You, know? I guess you don't like cornbread either. <laughs> Did you know that cornbread is, is Ripley's first line in Alien? It's, it's an 80-yard line, but she says cornbread.
2: So there's cornbread wow. in both films. Yep. Something about cornbread. Yeah, they certainly eat that cornbread. I always used to think as a young kid that, like, there must have been something about how it was stored and how um, whatever preservatives they could put in. And I mean, really, like, thought about it. As like, that was something even as a little kid. I was cornbread. I was like, it must be able to be kept dry. And it looked super dry. And that must be, like, you know, instead of space food. That you know we give our astronauts now, it's like, yeah, give them the driest chunk of bread that you can find. Cornbread just happens to be that, and tea, you know. Right. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, Thank it's you been so an much absolute Yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for, for having me. Absolutely. All right.
0: We'll talk again soon.
2: Take care. <laughs>
1: To find out more information about Perfect Organism, the Alien Saga podcast, please go to www.perfectorganism.com. If you would like to support the show, please go to www.perfectorganism.com forward slash support. Thank you.